It's Song Talk Radio. Welcome to Song Talk Radio, the show with songwriters talking to other songwriters about the craft of songwriting. We share tips, tools, and techniques, and together we all become better at writing songs. I'm your host, Neil Modi, and with me, my co-host, Phil Emery. How you doing, Phil? Neil, Neil, can I be frank for a moment? You can be Frank, you can be Larry, you can be Fred, whatever you want to be. Okay. I am Frank. Okay, that's it. Right back to you there, Neil. All right. And for the rest of the show, I'll be Phil. <laughs> I was sure you'll be Phil. What was that joke? I'm, I'm always Frank and Ernest with women. In New York, I'm Frank, and in Chicago, I'm Ernest. <laughs> <laughs> that's an old Marx Brothers joke. Really? <laughs> I think I heard it on some, like rom-com or something somewhere or some kind of comedy film anyway yes we're here to talk about songwriting right yeah okay um <laughs> so in that regard please send your comments and questions to at song talk radio on twitter facebook or instagram or feedback at songtalk.ca and we'll share your thoughts on the show and please visit songtalk.ca to see the show post for this episode to find links to resources we mentioned and to download lyric and chord sheets to follow along with the songs that we feature and before we get to tonight's guest, a few items on our pre-show list. Uh, once again, we've launched our Songwriting Challenge 2023, and this year's challenge is all about music theory. It's uh, writing a song in a mode that you're not familiar with or an unusual mm -hmm. mode. And uh, on our website, uh, songtalk.ca, you can find on the sidebar uh, a page that we've dedicated to the Songwriting Challenge. And on there is a bunch of resources, some videos, some links to hook theory and whatnot. Uh, because this one, especially if, if if this is something you're not really familiar with, um, a little research is maybe a good idea, and you know try and yeah. try and look at these videos and get a get a handle on what what writing in a mode uh, looks like, and then uh, bring your own uh, process to it. And uh, as as we've done in the previous years, we want to hear from you. We want to hear your songs, your answers um, to the challenge. Uh, Phil and I will be sharing our answers to this challenge in June. And then uh, following in the summertime, uh, we will be showcasing uh, our listeners. So your answers to the challenge, just as we've done uh, last year and the year before. So it's always a great uh, learning experience for everybody and uh, great fun. So keep them, keep them, keep your songs coming in and uh, and let us know. Feedback at songtalk.ca if you have any questions about this challenge, mm. yes. you know, or comment on, on the web page. Um, and then we can we can share the answers with everybody on the podcast and on the on the web on the web page as well. Um, if you have any questions regarding you know this challenge or modal writing or anything, we're happy to answer them as best we can. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and we're really excited about our show for uh, next week. Uh, Phil, do you want to oh, yeah. tell the listeners what what we got lined up for next week? Well, back in the before times when we recorded mm -hmm. um, live at CJRU twelve eighty AM. In Toronto, we would have what we called a draft show, and we would choose a subject like favorite uh, Christmas songs or favorite um, songs of the 80s, and we'd kind of go in rounds, and the idea is it's basically an excuse to talk about your favorite songs and what, um, why you like them from a songwriting standpoint, and you always hope to, to snipe someone else's uh, someone else's choice which means they can't say their choice they have to choose something else and there's sort of a scoring a very <laughs> random scoring uh 
thing that we do. And it's it's really fun. I'm looking forward to it. And uh, from from the before times, uh, Vanessa Vreeland, um, yeah. our old um, social media person, will be joining us uh, via Zoom, which will be awesome. And, um, of course, uh, Susan Catenio will be back as well. Yeah, and she's got a huge... Uh, a huge brain, so um, <laughs> yeah, brain. it's going to be fun. Awesome, and uh, yeah, totally looking forward to that. And um, you'll find out next week what the what the theme of the draft show is because it's, yes. it's a pretty interesting one. <laughs> That's right. And uh, Neil, you got some uh, uh, monitor stands finally. Did it yes, solve got... your problem? Yeah, so if it, yeah, the the what we were talking about on the podcast last week, I had an issue with my studio monitors that they started clicking a couple of weeks ago. I got a little click, 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 click coming from one. I finally accidentally discovered that it was because my new Wi-Fi connection or internet connection, the Wi-Fi modem is underneath my desk where my studio monitors are. And and that's what causes clicking sound in your monitors if they're not properly shielded, um, that uh, any Wi-Fi signals going through the air are going to interfere in your monitor. So I got some monitor stands off of Amazon that clamp to my desk and raise them up about 18 inches or so off the surface of the desk. And that is pretty much cleared out the the clicking because it's now really? you know, a, a good a good three feet away from the modem and, and, metal? and i and i can't hear any clicking anymore so are they metal? Uh, uh the stands yeah 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 they're they're metal stands oh, the stands of the platform and they came with um uh padding as well like uh acoustic uh pads nice. to put my to put my speakers on so i mean i might be fooling myself but when i when i first listened through them i'm like is the bass actually clearer? Like these are little five inch monitors. There's no bass. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, is the bass actually clearer that they're off the table and they have an acoustic thing underneath them? And nice. I, it, it may be psychosomatic, but I feel like the bass is clearer. <laughs> it probably is slightly, you know, it's slightly. It's a very, it's a very minute thing. Yeah. It's a very subtle well, thing. Because I've been seeing these monitors for like 20 years. I, I know what they sound like when they're sitting yeah. on my desk, which has been the case for forever. So I can hear probably subtle little differences. Um, That's great. But yeah, yeah. I wanted to uh, mention um, a great television show that's on Apple TV Plus. Oh, yeah. Is called Shimigadoon. And especially if you're a fan of uh, movie musicals, as I am, mm. um, it is a basically a show where these two normal people find themselves suddenly in a movie musical. Um, mm. And it's great. And the best thing about it is the quality of the songs is so high. Really? A lot of modern musicals I've found, they're a lot of fun and very emotional at the moment. But they don't have those lasting melodies that the classic musicals from the 40s and the 50s had, you know, like um, South Pacific or, you know, The Wizard of Oz or any of those ones. Schmigadoon has some fantastic songs, like really good, memorable, catchy songs. And these, these are all new songs? like they're All not brand new songs. Okay. Right. Um, and it's filled with all these sort of inside jokes. So if you really know your movie, movie musical, there's all sorts of these little sort of little sort of references and inside jokes. It's just huh. fantastic. Huh. And they just came out with uh, season two and have managed to actually do a great job for season two. So Schmigadoon, if you want to hear some fantastic movie musical songs. All right. Definitely have to look that up. That's yeah, good. it's great. 
Alrighty. And uh, one little uh, last bit of uh, news that I heard um, on the social media somewhere or on CBC Radio or something like that. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's hot take on matinee concerts um, is hilariously relatable, according to uh, according to E! News. Um, so Jamie Lee Curtis, of course, the, the famous uh, actress, 64-year-old um, actress, has proposed that more daytime events in general uh, should be occurring, including concerts. So she said, uh, I'm challenging musicians to do concerts during the day, Jamie stated on today, on March 7. Why are there no matinees? For instance, I love Coldplay. I would love to go see Coldplay. I would love it. But the problem is I'm not going to go see Coldplay if they start their show at 9 and there's an opening act. I want to hear Coldplay mm. at 1 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> At least she wants to hear Coldplay. That's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a famous thing I've seen uh, going through uh, the Internet, which is uh, someone invited me out to something that starts at 8 o'clock p.m. Not everyone's on cocaine, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But that is true. You know, back in the day when I was playing at Lee's Palace in Toronto a lot, we would play Mondays and Tuesdays because we were a new band. Mm. And the, the shows wouldn't start till 10 and very often... Yeah. You wouldn't get on till like midnight or, you know, 1230 at night. Yeah. And I used to tell them, you know, you're not getting anyone here on Mondays and Tuesdays because most people have to work. Why don't you have early shows on Monday and Tuesday, like maybe at eight or something so that people mm -hmm. will come out and see a show? And they didn't want to do that. And it was so stupid because mm -hmm. not everybody is a bar fly, you know, and yeah. it's yeah. for sure. And, and I've noticed that being in a band, like the Friday, Saturday night bookings we get typically are like 10 p.m. or later. But yeah. but the, if we do a, do a show even on a Thursday or something like that, then typically the, the doors usually open at seven. The first band is on at eight. Everything's wrapped oh, up by like 11, yeah. which is yeah. which is better. But, you know, you were just talking about musicals, Phil, and it's like musicals have matinees. Why don't why don't other concerts have matinees? Yeah, yeah you know, there's no there's no good reason you can't be, you know. Um, I, I, it, I have a feeling it has to do with drinking, right? No one's going to have a, yeah. no one's going to chug down three beers at 2 p.m. So you got to wait till later, but. Well, not, you know. <laughs> not enough, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> have, have coffee while you listen to a heavy metal show. I don't know. Yeah, I would do that. <laughs> <laughs> Afternoon tea with Metallica. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably coming up. <laughs> Would not be surprised. Okie dokie. <laughs> All right. I think that's it for our pre-show. Um, tonight, uh, we're happy to welcome a country pop artist, uh, Jenny Millard. And here's a taste of her new song, The Anchor. I remember the moment. Canadian coke, Canadian country folk, <laughs> pop artist Jenny Millard is a celebrated musician and storyteller who is known for her authentic lyrics and impactful storytelling. Fresh off the heels of releasing her debut album, Into the Deep, the St. John's Newfoundland-based artist has taken the East Coast music scene by storm with sold-out shows across the, <clears throat> across the region and a performance that saw the artist open for the Newfoundland Symphony Orchestra's Celebrating the Women of Country show. With numerous and steadily growing career accolades, the East Coast Music Award winning artist has also received a nomination for Music NL Award in the Country Artist of the Year category as a member of Rod Jackson and the Perfect Strangers. Welcome to Song Talk Radio, Jenny Millard. 
I am so excited to be here. Thank you. So great to have you on the show and uh, quite a career you've had in, in, in so far. And um, just in listening to, you, you know, that snippet of the tune. And of course, we've, we've heard your, your tune before. Um, great, catchy song. And I, I'm, I'm curious about your process because, you know, often we have guests on the show and I always try to guess what comes first for them. Is, are they lyric driven? Are they melody driven? And I'm having a hard time guessing with you because the lyrics are good and the melodies are so catchy that I'm, I'm guessing you're melody driven and melody comes first for you. Is that is that true or how does your process work? It's hard. It depends on the song. Uh, definitely. Maybe that's why it's a little hard to guess. <laughs> um, but for me, um, it's more like concept driven. Like I'll come up with a concept and I'll be like, OK, like this would be, this would make a good song. So for the anchor, um, what was the anchor for the anchor? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, actually I did. You're the anchor that keeps my feet on the ground. That was the first, that was the concept. So mm. yes, it would be, um, the lyric driven. So, mm -hmm. um, so yeah, so, but that was kind of the, that was the base. And then I just kind of, once I get that concept and sometimes like a catchy, like you said, a catchy hook or something that's sticking in my mind, then I just base the whole song around that. So I, for this one, I had, I actually had an occasion. <laughs> um, so I wrote this one when I was in a relationship, we were in a relationship for two years and, uh, or no, actually at this point it was a, our one year anniversary, sorry. And, um, I had an occasion and I really wanted to do something special for him. And, um, yeah, so, um, Spoiler alert, I did just release a breakup album, so we know how that ended. <laughs> but uh but yeah. side, isn't there? <laughs> there would be very little music if there weren't breakups, you know? Yes. That's a great way of getting motivated for yeah, some yeah. reason. Can't be all love songs. Um and um so so when you when you come up for the the concept, then does does melody then follow quickly afterwards? Or do you or yeah. do you develop an entire lyric before you get around to the the music side? Yeah, I think I think the lyric it starts often with the lyric and then the melody comes and um I think I I I tamper with both once I start getting something like a feel for something. So if I find a really good melody, then I'll adjust the lyrics to it or if I find a really good lyric, I'll adjust the melody. Um so it kind of it's like a balancing act there in that way and um typically again, when I find that really catchy, really, um, sometimes even witty, some of my songs, like when, when it's kind of like an earworm, mm -hmm. um, when I find that, then, then that is the foundation. And then I try it. That's the feel and getting a feel for a song is really important too. Like really trying to create and hearing the song in your head, the way it's going to sound, um, at the end, <laughs> uh, that's really important too, because, you know, you, you almost lay the foundation. It's almost like building a house. It's like you're laying the foundations and then you're building everything around it. Do you, um, do you do a lot of collaboration or are you mostly working on your own? I wrote my full album by myself, actually. Um, so every lyric I, uh, on my album was completely by myself. Um, and I think that songwriting is a really, vulnerable process for me. Um, it's like all of my songs are written from experience 
and something that I've been through or something that I care about. And yeah, I'd love to venture into the co-writing and things like that. It's just so vulnerable. I'm so scared, <laughs> like, but I really, I really want to do it and I really want to push my boundaries. Um, but yeah, for the first album, I kind of wanted to prove to myself that I could do it all um, on my own and kind of write a story from start to finish. And that it is a concept album. So when you listen to it from beginning to end, it tells the story. And um, yeah, so that's kind of, I, I wanted it to be an authentic experience for people. And it was hard. It, not that it was hard um, to co-write, but it was, it was hard because it was all coming from my perspective. So I did get opinions and things on certain songs and th certain lyrics, you know, I'm talking to my mom, I'm like, what do you think of this lyric? Like, <laughs> you know, what do you think? What do you think of this, uh, sound? And, uh, she's always like, Oh, I love it. Yeah. That's really interesting. Cause like, like for me personally, like I, <clears throat> I've, I, I've ventured into writing a, a, a song that came from a, a deep emotional place like a year or two ago or whatever right and um and and i was talking about it with somebody and 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 they told me that collaborations is actually a good way to, to do that because it actually gives you as a writer a bit of distance from from that and when you bring in somebody else on it and get their take on it then it, it sort of it sort of opens opens it up to different experiences and actually and then maybe maybe that's not such a bad thing is to is to put a little bit of distance between you yourself and and your content and then maybe it's arguably more relatable to other uh people that's not to say that you know keeping it all to yourself it cannot be equally <laughs> equally do that but that 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 is that is one thing i've heard and one thing that um i guess i've considered <laughs> oh, maybe, absolutely. Maybe, maybe not having done exactly in in that regard but you know I even want to dabble in like writing like all my my first album again it was all from like a very close perspective um some of them were exaggerated characters a little bit you know mm, of course. um <laughs> yeah. but um a lot of it was coming from a deep emotional spot like you said but I think in the second album I do want to create that distance I do want to explore um what it would be like to write from other people's perspectives or an interesting perspective, because there's only so much I can go through in one's life. <laughs> you know, you gotta, you gotta, gotta, you know, I've been through a lot, so it's, you know, I can write about a lot of things, but, um, but yeah, like, I think it's really interesting writing from other people's perspectives who are an interesting perspective or creating a character and writing from that perspective. I, I that's, that is the plan for the second album because yeah, it's like, you, like you said, you can touch, you can touch people with authentic authenticity, um, and writing from your own personal experience and being vulnerable in that way. But then also when you're like collaborating or writing from a different perspective that you may not have personally experienced, um, like you said, you can reach a different audience, you can reach a different, different people and you can touch different people. So, yeah. Do you go through a lot of, um, lyric editing after you're done or? Are they kind of done and that's it? Yeah, it's, it's, I, it depends on the song. If I really get in the flow, um, I find it's, it's, it gets 
it just comes and like certain songs like I I've sat down and written within hours and they were done and it was just like where did I go like what happened there <laughs> you know um, yeah you're just in the zone and it's almost like a spiritual process a little bit and it's like and it it just flows and um that has happened for multiple songs and then other songs like again this album took me six years <laughs> to write so it took me a long time to write these songs it wasn't just in it was because I was coming from a place of inspiration. I almost had to be in a certain feeling very deeply in order to write. And, uh, yeah. So basically, uh, certain songs, again, I had the concept, I started writing and, um, there would be a little bit of editing, um, a, a lot of, you know, working with the lyrics, you know, kind of massaging them out. And, uh, but as for revisions, like, yeah, maybe, maybe two or three, you know, but once, once something sticks to me, I know it's going to stick. And then I sometimes, you know, I play a song live, like, you know, a week later after I write it. So, you know, it, it, it's almost like I present it and even the song I do actually, the first song I released, um, that was the most recently written song at that time. And I just wanted to get it out and get it, um, released. And, uh, yeah, I, that one, it was almost like it was a one and done kind of thing. I wrote it within a couple hours and I was like, I want to release this and mm -hmm. went straight to that process. And, um, it was, it, it is, um, like the revision process, it can be, especially when you're consult consulting other people and things like that, um, which I did on, um, on that song. And, uh, yeah, I guess it's just, um, the revisions it's, it depends on the song and it depends. There's, there's lyrics that I grapple with and songs that I've written like a couple years ago too. Like I took them back and some of the lyrics just weren't as they didn't resonate with me as much. Mm. Um, so I had to revise them after years of playing them too, which was an interesting, mm. um, <laughs> interesting process. Um, but yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of mainly when it, when it's written, it's written, um, unless something doesn't sit right with me and then it has to be changed. So mm. are you doing any, uh, pre, uh, pre-production before you record them or, um, so I basically the process is just the, the demos. I create demos on my home studio. Um, and then I have a wonderful producer and I, send the demo off and he creates what's exactly in my head and mm -hmm. just like creates it, which is awesome. Nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How did you find your producer? Um, so I found him, he's, uh, his name is Clint Curtis and he's worked with a lot of really fabulous musicians, Jason Benoit, um, Justin Fancy, all in the country area. And, um, I did a little bit of research. I, I, um, played around, you know, trying different sounds with different producers at the beginning of the, of, uh, getting my music released. And, um, I found Clint, he actually worked with, uh, a girl who I knew from my management company and I really liked her sound. I really liked her country, like the pop, the, the instruments that were used in her recordings. And then I found out that Clint was recording them and I was like, I think this would be a really good fit. And 
I reached out to Clint and I said, Hey, I have these demos. You want to take a listen? And he listened to them. He was like, yeah, I love them. I'll do it. So it was a pretty simple process. Um, he was awesome. But again, the process of getting money for that is a different story, but yes. you know, yeah, <laughs> um, I think the, the finding the producer part was the easy part. <laughs> did, but, did you go through factor or anything or? Yeah, so uh, we had um, Arts and L funding, and then we had um, we applied for Music and L. We didn't get it the first time, um, and then I got the really the smaller factor one. So that all went towards the album. So yeah, cool. nice. That was a big process. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I want to ask you something about something you mentioned a, a, a few minutes ago about about, your, about the earworms. Yeah. And, um, you know, like we sometimes we call them hooks, whatever. Right. But like when when you come up with a melody like that, do you remember it? Do you grab your phone real quickly and, and sing it into your phone so that you don't forget it? Because often, you know, sometimes when you come up with a hook that's that's, you know, really catchy and something, if you try to remember it the day after it ain't there anymore or it's not quite the same. Oh, yeah, I, 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 I got it. I gotta have my phone. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'll take a little video sometimes when I'm messing around, right. um, or like a if I'm in the car. Actually, <laughs> some some of my best songwriting has been <laughs> has happened in the car. Um, and then I'll just whip out my voice note and I'll just hum along, sing along. Actually, my most recent song that I wrote um, that isn't on the album. It's just something I was messing around with recently. Uh, it started in the car i was like i was like humming along like and i don't this is so weird but when i'm in the car by myself i often don't listen to music um but i find that and that's just from growing up we never had the radio on which is so strange because we're so musical anyway um yeah. but we never had the radio on and um so yeah so i find almost like I, I'm so musical, so I'm like driving with the radio off sometimes. I don't even realize it, but that sometimes that peace and that quiet actually like grows something like a lyric, like a hook, like, you know, yeah. you're a worm, something like that, because you're actually sitting with yourself. It's similar to meditation. It's like you're sitting with yourself in quiet and creativity sparks. So Yeah, this is very true. You, you're, you're never songwriting with music in the background. No. Exactly. You know I mean, it's way too distracting. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> if, you, if you're if you're going, if you're driving around with that um, kind of intention. Um, okay, so we uh, you you already told us a little bit about um, where the anchor uh, came from. Um, uh, so why don't we take a listen to the whole song, and then uh, we'll we'll dive in a little bit more detail on on the song. Then I remember the moment. This one. Heartbeat, like the beat of a drum. 
The thing that really stands to, that stands out to me about this song is that it almost follows the rules of Nashville songwriting to a T. Really? There's storytelling in the verses. There's central idea in the chorus. It's more or less four chords in the truth. There's a few more chords than that, I think. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> and uh, and and it's just and you know and 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 and, and it's and it's very. Um, and it's very simple in its in its approach and in, 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 not simple in its approach, but it's it's not abstract. You know, it's very storytelling and very straightforward about what it's about, and very clear about about what it's about. Um, so so those, those that, that's really um, interesting to me. And the rhymes are fascinating. <laughs> Thank you. Um, because you don't like your your verse is actually um, at least the end of the verse. 
asked me out, leaving my house. Okay, came on to you, asked me out, leave my house. So out in house and then you in shoes. So it's like an A, B, B, A rhyme scheme. Mm, that's true. Most of the time you see A, B, A, B or A, A, B, B, like couplets. But you don't very, you don't often see A, B, B, A. That's kind of a different rhyme scheme. And then you change it up in a pre-chorus and you change it up in the chorus. So it's not the same um, rhyme scheme uh, throughout the song. So that gives it a little bit of a little bit of variety in the other sections because your chorus is just as wordy as your verse. It's not a simple chorus and it goes twists to different places and comes back. And, and the chorus is actually more complex maybe than than the Nashville prescription. <laughs> maybe we probably encourage you to do a really, really simple pared down chorus. Uh, but your chorus has got a lot going on, which, you know, which is cool too. Um, but yeah. Yeah, great, great stuff. Very, very poppy, very catchy. So I write in like poetry stanza, right? And mm. like, and the ABBA, ABA, B, like that kind of stuff. Like I'm not actively doing it. Like I am when I'm writing it. Um, so you're consistent some, about it. Yeah, and I'm consistent. Um, and I try to, again, but it, I think like I learned that obviously in grade school and when we were writing poetry and stuff like that, but it just kind of stuck and like what sounds right is kind of what flows. And, but I do in actually the lyric booklet, um, for the album, um, I got my, um, marketing person. Um, she, I got her to write it out as if it was like exactly how I wrote it in poetry stanza. So people could see the rhyme because like people who don't analyze this stuff, you know, for a living, basically, <laughs> you know, you don't really know what's, what's happening there. Like you don't understand what, what's supposed to rhyme with what, you know? So, um, so yeah, I got her to write it out in the poetry stanza exactly how it was, how it was written so that people could see the actual rhyme scheme of it so well yeah. if, you, if you were studying with pat pattison from from berkeley school of music you got that free course on coursera dot mm -hmm. uh, for the songwriting 101 right and and he, he, when he talks about rhymes he he always talks about it in terms of the power that you have as a songwriter in terms of your rhymes because if you if you drive those couplets you a b a b or a a b b a a b b throughout your whole entire song that really that really goes together with like a very positive uh, a lyric you know, an A, an A, B, A, B rhyme wants to push forward a little bit more. So you got you can tie those sorts of things to the emotion that is in your lyric and or the emotion that you want to convey as, as another beyond what the words are saying. You know, what do you want the listener to feel? Because you're right, the, the average listener is not going to pick up on this kind of, you know, analysis point of view on it, but they're going to feel something. And they're yeah. going to feel something if you're perfect rhyming every single line and they're going to feel something different if you're doing an ABBA. Yeah. Yeah, totally different. The um, I made use of this really great um, little hook device, which is the repeated words, which is the day, mm -hmm. day, day. Yeah. And some people might be tempted to fill those three notes up with different words. But the fact that you repeat those three words um, in the verses and then in the chorus as well, really, it's it's you know it's like um, the who's my generation that that you know that sort of was the hook, um, mm -hmm. that sort of uh, the, that vocal effect, and, and that really brings it um, really hooky. I really like the end of the chorus we have, and life always brings us down. 
and then how it ties to the uh, to the last to your money shot, which is the uh, you're you know you're the one who keeps my feet on the ground. It's just a such a strong uh, pairing. It's really really wonderful, um, and I I just love that uh, about this song. One thing I wanted to ask you is, um, so it's um, it, it's verse. Verse, pre-chorus, chorus, first, pre-chorus, chorus. Did you ever think about doing a bridge? Um, you did sort of like a musical bridge, but it was really kind of soloing on the verse. Yeah. Had you thought about uh, doing a bridge? Um, <laughs> yeah, I did. So I thought about it and I was like, this song is so wordy <laughs> and it, it's, it's just so full of words. And I was like, once I wrote, you know, the two verses, the chorus, I was like, and the pre-choruses, like, I was like, you know, I think that the message is here. The message is complete and there's no real anything that I wanted to add to it. And that's when I was like the, you know, the, the vocal runs, I was like, you know what? I think that's going to be a nice little break in the song as if like kind of given like the listener a break of listening to the whole story and just kind of listening to the song if that makes sense and just kind of keeping that catchy beat kind of going and uh yeah I, d I did think about the bridge but um I, I decided on the vocal runs and I was like it's it's sweet and the song is like pretty long too um so it's yeah, like four, it's 419. 419 yeah so um we almost did a radio edit too. That was something that was on the table at, at one point because. Well, what were we going to uh, take out for the radio edit? Like the just little, the, 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 the runs. vocal runs. Yeah. 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 Mm. Um, we thought about it, but um, we decided against it because um, we, at the time we weren't doing commercial radio. We were doing um, community radio, which is a little different. So, mm -hmm. um, but now we're moving into commercial radio. So we're going to see where it goes, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so we, we kind of thought about it, but yeah, I mean, the song is long enough. And I think that it was, it was really, the message was there. Everything that I wanted to say, the whole story was kind of complete. And, um, for me, it's, again, it's a lot of the storytelling. So mm -hmm. there was nothing that I wanted to really add to it. Um, except, but there had to be something between, you know, the, the second last course and the, and the last course. So put those little vocal runs in there. And that's, that's some of the people sing along to that one a lot more. Cause they're like, yeah, like, oh, I know this, right. one, this part, yeah, you know? Sure, so, sure. um, yeah. And it's a cute little thing to kind of show off the vocals a little bit too, cause it does get up there. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so I did definitely for, for sure. Um, and if I made it as wordy as the rest of the song, <laughs> I think we would have had a five minute song on our hands. So. <laughs> well, it doesn't feel long. Like it's, no, yeah, like I didn't even realize it was four minutes. Actually, yeah, I thought yeah. it was like a three minute song. It feels like a three minute song. Yeah. Which is yes. good. That's what you want. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly that, what you yeah, want. Because, exactly. Yeah, because you know, there are a lot of sections. There's a, there's a long verse of, of short, yeah. uh, medium pre-chorus, a long chorus. Yeah. And then, yeah. and then repeat that. And it's not, I mean, you know, the, the first impression of the song is that it's, it's a it's a very happy love song, but it's not saccharine, right? I yeah. think the the life always gets us down, 
but you're the anchor the, the, the nice the nice twist on the on the chord uh progression there and the way the melody goes and everything it, it, it feels absolutely right like that really that really is the 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 hookiest part of the song in a lot of ways like mm-hmm. it's it's the part where it kind of it, it kind of twists a little bit and then and then and then grounds it on, on the ground literally <laughs> on the ground <laughs> and then and then and then you do go into ver- like verse 1 is very is is all happy um the chorus is very happy the pre-chorus and then verse two gets into funerals and all this god forsaken sadness it, it, it's not it, it's not traumatic but it's i mean it is traumatic obviously it's a funeral but you know but it's it, it's you know um but it's 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 still got the positive spin on it so it, 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 on on the whole yeah basically what i'm saying is that it's not it's not bubbly it's not saccharine but it's still a, a genuinely happy um, love song, which, which which is nice to see because often often they're too saccharine. You're just like, <laughs> and it's also the storytelling aspect of it too. Right? Yeah, you couldn't so. just write a whole song about you know ah, I love you. You know, like yeah. <laughs> I could, I guess. <laughs> um, but I do like having that meaty substance. You know, where I'm kind of telling it's not all sunshine and rainbows and our relationship wasn't all sunshine and rainbows so it was very accurately (laughs) represented um those words are true you know i I met his family at a funeral you met mine at a wake right so um it's Mm -hmm. all the words are true too in the song like everything Mm -hmm. comes from a genuine um experience um and yeah, but it, it adds to that storytelling. It makes you want to kind of listen more because that's, you know, you listen, you're, you, you kind of hear the beginning and it's like, oh, that's a cute love story. And then you hear the chorus and it's like, okay, you know, and life always gets us down. <laughs> and then it's like, okay, how does life get you down? And then you listen to the second chorus and it's like, well, mm-hmm. <laughs> all this <laughs> happened, <laughs> you yeah. know, and it's like, and then it goes back, like you said, and it brings it back and kind of talks about it. Life always gets us down, but, you know, you're the anchor. What's great is also the range of melodies. There's so many, there's, it it is a style and the styles do come and go, but there's a style of pop singing, which is just like very, very few notes just going back and forth. (laughs) And that's, that's okay. But this is, you know, there's, there's a great range of notes. Like it's not just four notes over and over again. There's uh, each each section has has like a, a fully formed and considered melody, mm-hmm. and which is maybe it's more common in, in in country. I don't know. Although in some of the country I've been hearing lately, it's not so much that way either. Hmm. So. Um, which I, which I really appreciate. I mean, I love those melodies of the Beatles and, um, you know, uh, Joni Mitchell, where they have the huge ranges and, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's a certainly, really it's really an older, it's only an older style though, isn't it? It doesn't, it's not, it's not prevalent in pop music these days. Yeah. It's funny you say Johnny Mitchell because that's who I get compared to a lot. Mm. Um, her, her and Alana, Alanis Morissette, mm. um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is interesting. Uh, but yeah, uh, you know, the vocal range, again, I like to push my boundaries when it comes to what I can sing. Um, this one doesn't 
push it as much. Some of my other mm. songs on the album really stretch it. Like if I'm having a bad vocal day, like I, I can't even sing it. So this one I can, I can safely sing, you know, whether I'm, you know, a little horse or whatever, but mm-hmm. some of them push my boundaries, but I do, I do like pushing. It's almost like a personal growth thing. Like it's not, yeah, it's nice to show off your voice and things like that. And that's a part of it. But, um, yeah, it's just about, um, yeah, it's, it's just about, you know, pushing myself as an artist and pushing myself to kind of sing, show off my, and use my talents, but also, yeah. To me, it's a good choice too, but yeah. you know, I'm a little bit old school as, as, as Phil is, and I don't know, you see these, these contemporary young singers and they're, they, you know that they're perfectly capable because you've seen them do it, expansive ranges, but when it comes to producing a record, they just don't, they stay within mm-hmm. three, four notes. And it's definitely a choice. It's not, you know, it's not that you can't, it's just you're not moving it. <laughs> and what was so nice is, some singers, when they can sing, they do that sort of over-ornamentation thing, mm. which is, which might be fun to sing, but I don't think it's that much fun to listen to, frankly. And yeah. like mm. I, like it's just sort of pure melody, and it's really nice to hear that. So, yeah. kudos. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Thank you. Good stuff. Okay, I'm here in the band, so I think that is all the time we have on Song Talk Radio. Special thanks to Jenny Millard. Thank and, you. Um, where can we Thank direct you. our listeners to hear more of your music? Yeah, so Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube Music, all that good stuff. And check out my website, JennyMalmusic.com. Jenny Mal, Jenny Mal Music. <laughs> okay, great. And uh, we want to hear from you, uh, listeners. So please send your comments on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram to at SongTalkRadio. Or send us an email, feedback at songtalk.ca. And be sure to check out our YouTube channel for live performance videos and full episodes. Subscribe today to the Song Talk Radio podcast on your favorite podcast provider. And you can find links to all the products, books, and web services we mention on the show at our resources page on the website. And please join us, our next monthly Song Talk meetup. Whether you're in Toronto for our in-person meetups or anywhere in the world for for our online meetups, it's free to join on meetup.com and free to attend the meetup, bring a song in a lyric sheet, and get constructive feedback from other songwriters. Stop by songtalk.ca for the link. You can follow me at neilmody.com. You can follow Phil at, at philhemory.ca. And uh, Jenny, what's your what's your favorite social media platform? Uh, Instagram. Instagram. Jenny Mallard. Yeah. On Instagram, of course. And uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Be sure to stop by the website, songtalk.ca, to browse past shows and find out how you can be a guest. Thanks for tuning in and keep, keep on, on writing. writing. <laughs> we did that one. one. the technical part of it Mm. than I think I do so (laughs)